When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am Jamie Motor. And we're here to celebrate. Oh, wait a minute. I should do. I am Jamie Motor. (laughs) We're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. It's the grand finale of Magic Month. It is actually Halloween week. Um, and the first week of this month, we per, per, uh, conducted this idea. We hope you all have enjoyed it. Yeah, I have. Uh, loved this it. was actually the first one that we recorded, True. which kind of was like, oh man, we should definitely do this one at Halloween. Yeah. And then we just kind of based the whole thing around this. But yeah. I was thinking the other day, I was flying home, um, and I was flying home from a trip, and I was like, man, that's one guy that I don't want to leave work early is the pilot. <laughs> He's like, I'm out of here. I'm yeah, done for the day. Check it out. It's not, not good. But you know who's not done for the day? It's us. We're just getting started. That's so, right. Rob, tell him the pilot tie-in <laughs> and tell him what song we're covering. I just pictured a pilot like in the cockpit being like, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Right. Like, yeah, just, just checking out, man. Done. Yeah, done. Totally. All right. This is Magic by Pilot. I always forget how how like seventies rock the intro is. Uh-huh. Ho ho ho! It's magic. Yeah, baby. You know, never believe it's not so. It's magic. You know, never believe it's not so. Never believe Dude, it's not never so. believe it's not so. This it's is magic. This is cool guy bass. I yes. mean, long, gorgeous hair yeah. with the moving bass underneath the high falsetto voice. Yeah. In the 70s, there's two kinds of killer bass that I like, and I'll talk to you more about it later. Okay. This, uh, we're going to get there. All right. But tell them what. We'll talk a little bit about on this one first. And stick around because we're going to be talking to David Payton. Absolutely. Who is the voice you hear and the bass and you hear. And the bass player. Uh, from the band Pilot and the song Magic. This is from the 1974 album From the Album of the Same Name. <laughs> yeah. That is the name of the album. Yeah. It is called from the album of, of the, the same, same name. name. Uh, it reminds me of the episode of my favorite TV show of all time, which is 30 Rock, where Sherry Shepard's character, uh, she's married to like Tracy Morgan's character on the show, and she has a single that she's putting out, and the name of the single is My Single is Dropping. <laughs> and so she's <laughs> like, awesome. uh, she's like, oh, I can't do it on that day. My single, my single is dropping is dropping. 
or whatever. Like, and you're like, what? Are you having a stroke? And she's like, no, it's the name of my song. My single, my single is dropping, is dropping. Yes. I love that. That's awesome. So that, that's the kind of feel I get from the album of the same name. That's awesome. Uh, you know, by, by Pilot. It was written by David Payton and Billy Lyle, who are the uh, probably the most prominent members of Pilot. And I'm sure we'll talk more about them a little bit later in we the will. band section. Uh, it went to. They are the P and the L of Pilot. It's, okay. Uh, Patton, or excuse me, Peyton, Lyle, and Tosh um, are the. Is how they came up with Pilot. There you so go. There Boom. Go. So, Dropping knowledge look already. At that. Look at that. Uh, it went to number five on the U.S. Billboard and the U.S. Cashbox charts. Number eleven in the U.K. It actually did better here than in the U.K., but just by a little bit. Went to number one in Canada. Okay. Cool. Why not? Yeah. It was the number Nickelback. one. Nickelback. There you uh, go. Number, excuse me. It was the number 31 song for all of 1975 was Magic by Pilot. It's one of those uh, songs that it goes, uh, once you find the story behind it, you go, oh. You know? <laughs> um, you Actually, you go, oh, oh, oh. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. All right. That was terrible. Um, <laughs> it was inspired by a sunrise. Oh, isn't that beautiful? I mean, that's just, can we just stop for a second and be glad for a song so pure? It's about the freaking sunrise, you know? (laughs) Is there anything more wholesome than that? Um, (laughs) That's literally it. Like, I've heard two different stories, but I think think what David Payton said is that his wife um, at the time said that she had never seen a daybreak. And so it was just about seeing the sunrise on Blackford Hill in Edinburgh, Scotland. Okay. And um, so I just think that's, oh, it's so great. But then all the lyrics fall in line. You know what I mean? Makes sense there. Yeah. Never been been awake, never seen the daybreak, blah, 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 blah. Which actually got me thinking, what's the most important thing that you've ever slept through? Oh, man. That's right. You even prepped me on this. You want to tell Tell me yours while I'm thinking of mine. Okay. Or not just, it's something important that you've slept through or that's sleeping you know, you didn't see something or you missed something. Sure, sure. Um, so the most important thing that I ever slept through when I was a senior in high school, uh, it was 1999 and the, uh, episode one of star Wars came out. Okay. The phantom menace, um, which at the time there hadn't been a star Wars movie for a long what, time, 15, 16 years. Sure. And it was uh, the mania, over this event cannot really even be described. Absolutely. Because it wasn't, you know, it's not like now where you've got Disney Plus and there's a new Star Wars something every two months. Every couple, yeah. You know, yeah. um, but it, it was like, we never thought this was going to happen uh-huh. again. We thought it was done. There's going to be new Star Wars. Oh, that's, right. that's, what, that's what it was. So I'm a senior in high school and uh, this was the first time I'd ever heard of and definitely the first time I'd ever per- participated in a midnight premiere. Okay. Which the age of the midnight premiere has really come and gone. Yeah. Already. Uh, because now they've just backed it up further. And then it went to a 10 p.m., yeah. 8 p.m. Now you can go 6 o'clock. Now they're just like, we'll just put it out on Thursday. Yeah. Exactly. Essentially, they right? Really do that. It was dropping a day early. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, now the big movies, they just come out a day earlier than they used <laughs> yeah. to. Okay. Whatever. But it still counts toward the weekend gross uh-huh. ticket sales and all that stuff. So me and a bunch of friends, you had to go if you you couldn't call yourself a star wars fan if you didn't go to the midnight premiere sure you know so i mean you got people dressed like yoda and you know people <laughs> with their faces painted green and all this stuff bringing lightsabers so, yeah so of course we went to the midnight premiere i'm I, you know i'm a senior in high school i'm not used to just um living the life that i now live as a dad where it's like no matter how late you stay up you're up at six to take the kids to school the next yeah. day you know that kind of thing so um I, you know, we went hard, man. What can I say? It was Star Wars. It was episode one. And it's like three hours long to begin with. And so uh, we got home very late. Well, the next day was our uh, senior awards day at school. Okay. And 
I slept through. Uh, I slept in late and went and went in late and missed an award. Oh no! That I had been working for for four years for, <laughs> and it was the it was the band award, the John Philip Sousa award oh given to you know someone who who you know demonstrates excellence in in, <laughs> in band, and uh, they give it to a senior every year, and and I you know for four years I've been like man I got to win that John Philip Sousa award. At least it was like we're gonna give the punctuality award, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, perfect attendance goes to. <laughs> uh, and so I missed it, dude. That's, I missed that's, it. That's my my thing, and I, I totally missed it because I uh, because I slept in. I have two. St- I did have perfect attendance through high school. Of course you did. I uh, actually on senior skip day, I was like, guys, I got to go to school <laughs> till eleven thirty to get the credit, and I'll wow. meet y'all afterwards. So Rob, Rob's from Chattanooga, that's so fantastic. all my friends skipped, and we lived in uh, Athens, Tennessee. It's about an hour from Chatty, and they all went to Hamilton Place Mall. Okay, and I was like, guys, I'll have to meet you after lunch. <laughs> so I went to get that. So I had perfect attendance in high school, but. My sleep through, um, the first thing that popped in my head, so when I was growing up, I loved staying up and watching Monday Night Football, Like, but it would, it would come on super late. So we're, late. We're dude. in Eastern time zone, so it starts at 9. I don't even consider Monday Night Football so, anymore. Like It starts at 9, um, so you know it's well after midnight when it's over, yeah. and I'm in elementary school, but huge sports fan, <laughs> as you have heard me talk about. So one Monday night, it's Broncos Redskins, which is big for me. I mean, think late 80s Broncos mm-hmm. is like, John O. It's like yeah. the, the junk. I was like, I cannot wait to watch this game. I had a soccer game before. My mom's like, you can take a, you know, you'll probably want to take a nap. I was like, that's wise. So I was like, I'm going to take a nap to get up and watch the game. Okay. So I take a nap, but then I'm just zonked. And I woke up in the end of the fourth quarter. Oh. And I was like, oh, the purpose of the nap was to get up and watch the game. But I slept through the game. Man. So, anyway, Dang it. That's the best. I got. Not near as good as the John Philip Sousa award. <laughs> But it's the best I could provide. John Philip Sousa. By the way, a little John Philip Sousa information. I'm just kidding. He wrote a bunch of marches. That's what yeah, he's famous for. Yeah, I can sing some. Burp, 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 you know, I got some. Stuff. Here's to you, old Tennessee. Wow. Never will sever. Here we pledge our loyalty forever and ever. Wow. Like backing our football team. Never will sever. Cheer and fight with all of your might for ten. Burp, burp. Tent, but of them. See, there you wow. go. I know at least three well, more. Hey, but we'll just that. do that one off the top. Of Dang! Mind. Wow, I assume that's not his fight, lyrics. Fight, fight with all your might <laughs> for the orange and white. No, obviously he just wrote the yeah. music for it. Never falter, never yield. Wow! As we march on down the field, keep marching. Let the spirit of the hill. Huge balls <laughs> fan. Every fall with courage, fill your loyalty brings a victory. So fight, boom, balls, boom, fight. Wow! I did not know there were words to there those. There are, things. and I'm the weirdo that knows them. Wow! I bet ninety percent of the band doesn't know that. The pride, <laughs> no, pride sure, of the for South sure Lake. not. Yeah. I mean, we used to our fight song in high school uh, was on Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, for the Eastridge Pioneers, Eastridge Why Tennessee. Not? Why not on Wisconsin? But literally, if we had to like try to sing words, we would just go on Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, <laughs> on Wisconsin, on on Wisconsin, on etc. etc. You get the you get the joke. I was at a I was in Jacksonville for me and Rob were talking about for the Vols game last week, and uh, it was UT Florida. And I'm walking down the beach in my Vols. Gainesville. Right? Gainesville. You're in Gainesville. I'm in for- Gainesville. I'm actually in Jacksonville, but right. the game's you're, in Gainesville, yeah. so I'm at the beach in Jacksonville, and I'm walking down the beach, and these. 
college people just start waving fanatically at me and motioning me over. Huge group. And I'm like, okay, I'm not cool, so I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> and they come over and they're like, you're from Tennessee? You're I'm like, yes. They're like, we're the pride of the Southland band. No kidding. And we don't trust any Florida fans to take our picture. Will you take our picture? Wow. So I got to take a picture of the pride of the Southland band, a big group of them at the beach. Oh, that's so that was, great. pretty fun. Go Vols. That's great. And also that was wise of them to expect to pick, it. Right? To pick get, the guy with the Vols gear. Yeah. So essentially any any Gators fan would have just like taken a picture hey, of themselves with a middle finger exactly. up or something. Yeah. Or thrown the phone in the ocean. In the, uh, <laughs> yes, that's also probably much more likely, yes. Uh, anyway, yeah, no offense to any um, Florida listeners, but uh, your your college but, fans are a bunch of hooligans. But go Vols. Hooligans, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, back to Magic by Pilot. That was a long side <laughs> yeah. road, but we, we found our way back around. Um, it was produced by Alan Parsons. There we go. Known as, uh, for his uh, work with uh, Dr. Evil in the second... <laughs> the Alan Parsons yes, project. In the, in the second Austin Powers Good movie. Uh, his the, the moon laser, I think, was his uh, was his doing. So um, <laughs> We shall call it the Alan Parsons project. <laughs> That's one of the literal funniest gags I've I ever love in a movie where, where Scotty's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm sure Operation Bananarama will be huge. <laughs> you know? He's like, what? I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, and, so uh, David and, I believe, uh, Billy Lyle... Both were part of the original Alan Parsons project after pilot. Um, and I believe they had both. I know David for sure had been part of the Bay city rollers before pilot. So um, probably, I don't think they were in the era of the Bay city rollers that it, you would know. I think it was sort of before they mm-hmm. came, came to prominence, but, but David Payton has the distinction of being part of Bay city rollers pilot and the Alan Parsons project. Um, and you can tell, you know, you can kind of hear it in in. Um, he was so, in Bay City Rollers from sixty nine to seventy one. Okay, there you so go. So two years, yeah. Um, so before the uh, before Saturday night and uh, all that all that stuff, all that jazz, all that jazz. Yeah. So um, anyway, but you can kind of hear some Alan Parsons. Absolutely, you know what I mean here. And the, and in the, the production and the musicality of the band mm-hmm. lends itself to the kind of progressive stuff that, that he was he was doing. What do you call? Do you call Alan Parsons like progressive soft rock? Yeah, I call. Ooh, that's a good way to because it's prog, but it's not Rush prog. Yeah, it's not Dream Theater prog. Right. Yeah, it's not it's, Glass Hammer. It's it's a soft prog. It is. Yeah, it's like soft. Yeah, soft prog. Exactly. Uh, it's prog for your dentist office. That's you know, right. like good. Uh, yeah. Uh, prog to get a root canal by, um, except that makes <laughs> it sound like it's prog. not good. Elevator, <laughs> yes, there you go. El- boom. We talk about subcategories sometimes, we just made you know, one. and yeah, we just made elevator prog. That's fantastic. Love that. Uh, one day, Alan Parsons, uh, the the project, maybe not the man, but is going to make a, an appearance on the show. We're gonna we're gonna get into some eye in the sky, absolutely serious, and all that stuff. Go bulls. Um, I want to say uh, first of all, if you haven't watched this video, I do recommend it. It's in the very early stages of videos. This is even before like Bohemian Rhapsody comes comes along and sort of. Yeah turns the video into another thing you know? a lot of looking at the camera a lot of look there is absolutely zero showmanship going on in this video <laughs> you know what i mean it's like here's some guys they're playing this music they're maybe a little embarrassed uh-huh. and you know whatever i realized 1975 is a, a different era for music videos you yeah. know but poor david looks he just looks downright embarrassed and really shy uh-huh. and everybody else is just totally going about their business at best uh-huh. you know what i mean like yeah. they're kind of like grinning at each other like sheepishly oh my gosh we can't believe we're on camera <laughs> but you got to imagine it's just a different a- day and yeah. age music videos weren't a thing yet it was totally for 
you know, uh, industry promotion, mm-hmm. not even really for widespread television yeah. audience, that kind of thing. It's the total opposite of, of say, like Ken Block uh, from Sister Hazel, you yeah. know oh, yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. who's just making sweet love to the camera <laughs> at every possible second. Yeah. He's so engaged. Yeah, that's good. Um, it, you know. <laughs> There's a, there's at least a little more energy. They have a a, a top of the pops performance yeah, of this song, and there's there's at least a live audience uh-huh. there. So it's it's a little more you know. At least there's some place else for him to look. Exactly. <laughs> instead of audience. just yeah at the camera, because yeah. it, it's yeah it's either like looking for the camera or like sort of bashfully looking away. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. Um, but there's tons of little production touches uh, on this song that are really nice and add just subtle things here and there yeah. to the song. There's the horn section, which I never see coming. Mm-hmm. It, the horn section always catches me off guard because I just don't I just don't think about it. But especially at the beginning, um, there's strings and the, the little double claps, the you know all that <laughs> stuff. It all keeps the song fun. Even the little la 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 las on the chorus. Yep. Um, that kind of stuff. Actually, the string part on the end, I don't know how well we'll be able to hear it, but the string part toward the end after the guitar solo uh, is really pretty sophisticated melodically. It's the kind of thing, let's, let's, let's listen to it. Listen to the strings. There's some interesting notes. That's some really like that's the kind of thing that I would like drop in a track if I was producing and then later decide it was too heady and take it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they really sit nice, but it's not those are not uh, notes of the chords that are being played anywhere else. Yeah. They're adding some extra color that's, you know, that's not really present. Smart in the, color. Yeah, some really smart cover and turning these chords into something else, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Giving them giving them some different voicings that I really love. Um <laughs> I love that there's just one verse, like they're like, let's just do it again. They sing the chorus four times. <laughs> it, it starts with the chorus, uh, right? Okay. Okay. Verse. And then it goes verse, chorus, chorus. Verse, verse, same verse, same chorus, chorus, guitar solo, chorus. chorus. Wow. So they sing the, they sing the chorus four times, and there's, there's one verse twice. That's amazing. So lyrically, there's not like a ton of content to uh, be had. It's really just two sections. There's, it, yeah, there's a two. verse and a chorus, and they're just like, Man. you know what? Let's just do it over and over. I love that. <laughs> I never noticed that. That's good. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, the uh, you you want me to get? Let's meet the guys. That sure. Up. Let's meet them. <laughs> hey, let's meet the man. It's time to meet the man. Hey, mama, let's meet the man. Let's all meet the band. Hey. All right, so we're gonna meet the band. Uh, we're gonna meet the band that. Uh, of pilot that played on this. This is probably going to be the meanest meet the band section that I've done. Okay. I've got some things here that I'm normally super kind about everything and try, but there's going to be some things in here that it's like, let's do it. Not everything in it. Take great. the gloves off. So we've, will, been, we've been coddling these artists for so long, <laughs> four years of this. Come on. We talk with, in the interview about Ian Berenson, but he plays guitar on here. So not a member of the band pilot at this time, but does play the guitar on this album, okay. on this track. So I'll give a little credence to him. Um, I think we talk with him uh, with David about everything on it. So, but he's done stuff with everybody from Sting to Clapton, Monster Guitarist. So, um, let me see if I left anything out of the interview that I want to talk on. Um, nah, I think I, most everything I talked on the interview. So then we're gonna jump into basically Lyle, Tosh, and Patton, and the guys from <coughs> from Pilot or Peyton, excuse me, from the guys from Pilot. 
Um, Billy Lyle on keyboards, synth, piano, and backing vocals. Co-wrote this song. Died at age 36. Um, also in the An- Alan Parsons Project and the band Dollar. Okay, do you know the band Dollar? Uh, no, I don't think so. They have an awful cover of <laughs> I Want to Hold Your Hand that oh. charted well. Oh, wow. It's it's charted. It's Beatles cover. It's terrible. Okay. And they have a song called Love's Got a Hold on My Heart and Give Me Back My Heart, which is a reminder that not everything of this era was good. I absolutely okay. could not stand the band Dollar, and if I thought there was a chance that you would like it, I would say let's rival it. Okay. But I, oh, think, wow. I think you will say I agree with you. Okay. So that's that's Billy on keyboard, <laughs> on drums and backing vocals, also drums in Alan Parsons Project and the band Camel, Stuart Tosh. Prog band is Camel, jazz, rock. It's weird. Okay. So let's look up Lunar Sea. It's the name of the song. Go okay. to minute 140. Now you got to imagine a a um, somebody from like Europe saying that, where it just comes off as lunacy. Lunacy, right? Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. lunacy. That was much better than lunacy. And this is a reminder that just because it's prog and it's jazz and it's rock, that it has to be good. Because I am not a fan of this. Another okay. band I can't stand. But is listen it- to a min- minute 140 of Lunar Sea. <laughs> like it oh yeah i kind of like it oh i don't see i love prog and i love jazz and i love rock but this loses me okay now if it never goes anywhere else okay a little bit of and then the break and it's back okay oh yeah it (laughs) that's not me But good drummer, nonetheless, you can't knock his drum chops. You also cannot knock Billy's keyboard chops. Like, they're fantastic musicians, but they're part of projects that I just don't like their side. They're they're other projects. Anyway, and then David Payton, who who we love on lead vocals and bass. Um, So I do want to pick it up a little bit since we talked about, and I do want to provide some positivity. I talked about (laughs) this is cool guy bass. I talked about his wonderful hair and moving bass. So there's two kinds of killer bass in the 70s that I like. There's long-haired cool guy bass, and then there's fro bass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. okay, so I'm going to play Stump the Genius, and we're going to play, does this bass player oh. have a fro? Okay. Can you hear the fro? Okay. And I'm going to try to Stump the Genius. Let's play Stump the Genius. Can you hear the fro? Fantastic. Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. It's time to Stump the Genius. Jump up and take your part. I take your part. All righty. And we're going to play Can You Hear the Fro? Can, so, can you hear the fro tonight? Do you think this number one has a fro? And it'll help probably if you know who the group is. Probably. If you recognize it gives me it. a better chance. It'll man. give you a better chance. But here we go. This guy got a fro. These are ahead. all from the 70s? All from the 70s. Okay. This is 70s. Does this guy have a fro? Oh, yeah. There's a fro on that bass. I think there's a fro in this bass. Hello, my I love this song. I heard a kiss from you. Yeah. That's Brothers Johnson. That bass has Strawberry a fro. Strawberry Letter 23. That bass has a fro, absolutely. Ding, 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 ding. One for one. Does this bass have a fro? Hmm. <laughs> You know what? 
I'm going to go just judging on the sparseness of the bass. That's a fro. That is no fro. Oh, no fro. That's Box Gags, ladies and gentlemen, with Lowdown. Okay. David Hungate on bass. Okay. Legend. But he's long-haired, cool guy bass. Yeah, Stuck David with Hungate. Toto. Yeah. Bass on Shania Twain, Woman and Me. So, long okay. guy. Okay, we're one for two. Right. Moving on. Is there bass here? Some of my favorite bass lines from the 70s is why I went with some of these. Okay, so, yeah, this is Boston. This is Boston. And I feel like there were lots of froze in Boston. I'm going to say yeah. No. No. Because Tom Schultz played everything. He played everything. everything. No oh. bass. And actually, the bass player that plays with them, Fran Sheehan, does not have a fro either. Okay. All the All other right. fros are the other people. Okay. One for three. Moving along. JP's right. winning this week. <laughs> Here we go with number four. Fro, yes or no? I feel like this is bait. Okay, this is Steeler's Wheel. This is Steeler's Wheel. Well, I don't know why I came By the way, Jerry Rafferty is in Steeler's Wheel. Yeah, we talked okay. about that the other day. But Jerry Rafferty does not play bass on this. <laughs> wow. I feel like this is a trick. I'm going to say Fro. Fro, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Tony right. Williams. Nice white guy, bro. Yeah. It's like awesome. So, okay, we're 50%. Here we go. Last one. Who is this? We've had oh, a man. member of this band on and talked with them. Oh. Okay, I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to think if it's bass or drums that has a fro. I'm going no fro. This is fro, absolutely. Aimless lady. Ah. Male shocker, Mel ladies shocker. and gentlemen. Say it, Homer. Dang so, it. Two for five. So I'll give the win to JP on this. All right. Yep. Can you hear the fro? That was a fun one. I like that. That was great. I was like, who's got the fro? Who's Which one? got the fro? <laughs> Male with the fro. So That's that was fantastic. Step the Genius. Can you hear the fro? Excellent. Well done. Well done. Um, an understated hero in this song is the hits on the flat seven. Okay. Before each verse and chorus. Take a listen. All right. You got the one, three, six, two, four, four. That. Right. So that's a flat seven chord, right? And it's and it's emphasized, you know what I mean? I just love that. It's a nice little break. Everything's hopping along, and it like stop. It makes you stop for a second and go, "What's happening?" And then it comes in on this chord that you're not expecting, and it just adds some interest. And it really keeps it from getting um, uh, monotonous, especially before the before the chorus. You know what I mean? You've got. Um, you're just rolling along, and they could have just gone, dun, 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 oh, oh, you know what I mean? But it adds another layer of, dun, 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 oh, oh, oh. I don't know. I just like it. It's it's nice. And then it kind of gets it from, um, it it just it just keeps the thing going. That's all I'm saying. Just keeps the thing going. Another thing that I really appreciate is that the um, lyrics on uh, and the melody on the chorus are so drawn out. And the lyrics and melody on the verse are so tight. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So you your your chorus is oh 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 it's magic. 
you know, everything is moving like along five at words. a leisurely pace. Yes. And then you've got never been away, yeah. never seen a day break. Yeah. You know, dun, 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 pillow in the yeah, everything is. So you get the drive from the verse. Yeah, the verse really hops, uh-huh. and then the and then the chorus kind of soars a little bit. You know, which makes okay. Let's think back to your four four choruses, two verses. It kind of makes the verses where the traditional chorus would be. It's true. It kind of gives makes the energy the chorus like verse placement. Yeah, it's so Neat. true. It's so it. true. I have a couple of lists. Okay. I love a good list. We love lists. Yeah. So this is uh, this song is included in Yahoo's list uh, and many others of the greatest one-hit wonders of the 1970s. So I want to go through. This is 21 hit wonders every 70s kid remembers. Okay. According to Yahoo. Uh, one, I don't think they're in particular just order. List just them, yeah. yeah. So uh, number one, Stuck in the Middle with You there by Steeler's go. Wheel. Just Boom. talked about it. I can see the fro right there. There it is. <laughs> Number two, Brandy, You're a Fine Girl oh, by Looking Glass. Looking Glass. Love him. There's so many random band names in the 70s yeah. that are sort of abstract. Yeah. Steeler's Wheel, Looking Glass. Yeah. There's yeah. A, a lot of these on this list. <laughs> Such as the next one, Dancing in the Moonlight there by we go. Orleans. King or Har- King, King, King Harvest, Harvest. Yeah, did yeah. it first. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Here's another random Afternoon Delight by. Oh, Starlight Vocal Band? Starland Vocal Starland Band. Starland Vocal Band. Like, what are close. these band names? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just so so random. Uh, I Love the Nightlife by Alicia Bridges. Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas. <laughs> yeah. Which is weirdly, uh, and we talked about, I think, last week with uh, with Joey, um, the, like, the most high-selling songs worldwide of all time. Kung Fu fighting is on that list. Because he used in motion picture, I'm sure. Because every fighting scene in every movie, I mean, I Be- guess Beverly so. Hills Ninja, I mean, yeah, it's everywhere. It's that's- so true. Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. It's all over the place. That's one of the highest. Why did selling- I pick Beverly Hills Ninja? I mean, hey, that's why not? the first thing that popped in my head. Yeah. Chris Farley doing it. It's so true. Let's see what else we got here. How about The Hustle by Van McCoy? Yeah. Um, Do The Hustle. That's a good skating rink song. Oh, really. absolutely. That's skating rink for sure. Skating rink disco era. Uh, let's see. Next, we got The Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy. Ooh, Child by Five Stair Steps. I don't know. Do you that know one. that one? I don't, I don't think, think so. I, I don't think I know that one. I might know it if I heard it, but I don't think so. Play That Funky Music by Wild Cherry. Love that. You Light Up My Life by Debbie, Debbie Boone. Boone. Yeah. I guess I don't, for some reason, I don't think I realized Debbie Boone was a one hit wonder, but I, I just thought I, I just know. didn't know any of her stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Let's see. We've got uh, Rock the Boat by The Hughes Corporation. Rock the boat, don't rock the boat, baby. How long by Ace? Uh, Hooked on a feeling by Blue Swede, the Blue Swede version, which is funny because that's been done by so many others. Uh, All right now by Do you know the band? All right, great, now, oh, great song. Baby, it's a rare earth. I don't know. It's a good guess. It's by Free. Free, okay. Free, yeah, yeah. Man, I only seventy that. bands. How about in the summertime by Mungo Jerry? There we go, man. Mungo Jerry. That's the weirdest song. That freaking jug band folk, <laughs> where the guy's like literally blowing in a moonshine bottle, you know, and there's just somebody going. Ch, 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 ch. I know it's been a long time since we talked about that, but yeah. Uh, let's see. There's Peter McCann. Do you want to make love? Uh, Magic by Pilot. At number 18, uh, My Sharona by The Knack, the Knack yeah. coming in at number 19. And this is controversial to me a little bit. At number 20, they've got Layla by Derek and the Dominoes, which, okay, that's obviously Derek and the Dominoes' hugest hit. But I think I thought like Bell Bottom Blues, Blues at least is hit. another hit, yeah. right? Um, but I don't know. Maybe 
I have no idea. What do I know? I wasn't I wasn't alive in the seventies, so I don't really know if that's true. But I feel like I feel like that one may, might be in error. Anyhow, everybody knows it for sure. It just might not be a one hit wonder. I, I got to say, we should look up and see the difference between Derek and the Dominoes and uh, and Mark Cohn and see who's got more like oh cred as a one hit wonder or not. Oh and man, see. probably probably. Derek and the Dominoes is closer to being a, a, a true one-hit wonder than Mark Cohn is. I think he's got more. He's probably got more top forty in other not not like uh, Billboard, you know, top one hot one hundred hits. But he's probably got he's got some top forty, maybe even top twenty hits in like you know adult contemporary other eras, you know, or other like subgenres. I okay. think than than we might. Okay, I looked up a list of famous pilots. Okay. But I only knew like three of them. <laughs> Amelia so, Earhart. It, yeah, exactly. It would have been very boring. Howard Hughes, Amelia Earhart, and like Chuck Yeager. Okay, that's it. You know, that's, who's the guy in Flight? The See, Denzel Washington. I have no movie. idea. I don't okay, know. That's... And there's the Sully Sullenberger, whatever. Yeah, I, you know, Sully, right? Okay, right? fine. But uh, so <clears throat> I thought that's stupid. Let me, that list. let me scrap that idea. And I looked up the highest ranked TV pilots. Oh, pilot episodes okay. in history. Okay. okay. This is according to IMDb. These are the highest ranked pilot episodes of TV shows of, of, of all time. All right. Starting from number 10, which is the lowest rated of these highest rated. Okay. Okay. Number 10 at 8.7 out of 10 is freaks and geeks. Have you ever seen freaks and never geeks? seen it? Do you know what it is? The TV show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, it's it's a TV show about like weird high schoolers, uh-huh. and it has a bunch of people that we all know now. It's it's got like Jason Siegel, okay, um, uh, what's his name, um, Seth Rogen, okay, uh, Linda Car- uh, Cardellini, James Franco, oh wow, bunch of people it's who, that crew who you know now, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's number ten. The Sopranos at number okay. nine with an eight point six. Um, which it was a good pilot. It was Twin Peaks at number eight with an eight point nine. You ever watched Twin Peaks? I've seen the pilot. That's it. Oh, really? That's the only one I've seen. Funny. And Kayla wanted to keep watching it, and I was like, eh. <laughs> uh, okay, coming in at number seven, we've got Firefly. Have you ever watched Firefly? Mm-mm. It it scored an eight point nine. It's sort of if you think of it as almost the continued adventures of Han Solo. That's okay. kind of what it, it's a space western. Okay. Uh and it has a it has a lot of elements of both. When it's did it of, come out? Like what it year? It came out in the early 2000s. Okay. And it had like a an 8 episode run okay. and it's now been continued with a movie, comic books, all yeah, kinds of stuff. I don't know anything it's about it. It's huge in the like sci-fi okay. community. It had um oh gosh, uh what's his name as the as the leader um I can't uh Nathan Fillion, you know Nathan Fillion? I don't. Um he was on Castle, The Rookie, okay. whatever. Anyway. Um Anyway, but it's 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 pretty it's pretty cool. But it it was a weird thing. It had it got it got under it kind of got screwed by the network. Okay. And what I found out actually in doing this research was that they actually aired the pilot last of the episodes that they aired. It, they aired them all weirdly out of order and and aired the pilot last. Okay. So okay, weird. That's why it charted so high. Yeah, it was the finale. <laughs> right. Yeah. But anyway, it's a it's a it's kind of a legendary show. Um, okay. In at number six of the greatest TV pilots, uh, Sherlock. Okay. You Sherlock guy? No, I not particularly. I love Sherlock. Now is this the Benedict Cumberbatch? The Benedict one? Cumberbatch, okay. Martin Freeman. Okay. Uh, yeah, Sherlock. It's so good, dude. That that scored an eight point nine of ten. Uh, number five, Breaking Bad, scoring okay. a 9.0. I think I've only seen the pilot of Breaking Bad. Okay, I've seen I, all of it. I and mean. I knew it was it was not for me. 
Number four, Game of Thrones with okay. a 9.0. I've never watched any of Game of Thrones at all. Probably never will. Number three, True Detective with uh, Woody Harrelson, Matthew McConaughey. I hear I need to watch that. I've heard, I, I, I've heard it's, I, I it's incredible. I think it's pretty edgy, but I, I need to watch it. So yeah, everybody says. Never. Um, I think it comes on past my bedtime. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Okay, just two left. Number two, another Martin Freeman vehicle at 9.4, Fargo. The, okay. t- the TV the series TV version of Fargo. Um, and then number one, surprising, number one with a 9.5, Chernobyl. Uh, oh, I watched that. That that series? Yeah, it was like a miniseries, yeah. right? Or something? Why would they call that a pilot? It was a... Because it, it was the first, first of one a, of a, of a series. miniseries. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, what? That doesn't so, make any sense. It says it's ast- astounding is the word that gets used to describe it. 9.5 out of 10 for Chernobyl of the greatest. <laughs> List put together by director of Chernobyl. <laughs> right. <laughs> greatest TV uh, pilots of all time. Huh. So I think that's all I have really on the song. There's, well, it's hang those, out with us with David for a little bit. That's right. We're going to kick it over to David Payton and talk to him for a few minutes. We hope you guys have enjoyed Magic Month. We've certainly enjoyed putting it together. Great idea for a theme month. Well done, JP. This oh, thanks. JP's idea for, for a theme month. Um, and we know y'all are yelling, I can't believe you didn't do this Magic Song. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't do that. We could do Magic Month every could, October for a decade we'll set, so. and not run, out of, right. not run out of songs. Oh, oh, there is one. I, I, I thought I... Uh, I thought I put this in here. Maybe not. Let me let's play a little bit of the Selena Gomez version of Magic. This is Selena Gomez with Magic parentheses pilot. We'll talk about it. I love the drum sound. I, yeah, I was mad at first, and now I'm kind of into it. I was like, ugh. And now I'm like, oh, man, I like it. I'm bad at myself. Bass sounds good. Yeah. The mix is fantastic. That's not, it's it's not bad. pretty cool. I wanted to hate it. Me too. I don't hate it. I like it. the flange guitar. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Here's the, here's the funny thing about it. So that her version actually... Entered the Hot 100. It went to number 61 okay. on the Billboard Hot 100. It was on the Wizards of Waverly Place soundtrack, the Disney uh, okay. Disney Junior or not Disney Junior, but the Disney Disney Kids TV show. Okay, um, it was one of three songs on that album called Magic. Oh wow! There, the others were covers of Magic by the Cars. Okay, which we talked about. Which we talked about, and Magic by Olivia Newton John. Okay, yeah. which I I didn't know until I had heard it, but I'm not a big Olivia Newton John fan. Not huge, not huge surprise that I my dad's know like, "Are you kidding me? She's the greatest <laughs> ever." <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Love you. The uh, the Wizards of Waverly Place soundtrack also included songs called Magical, Strange Magic, Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic, Magic Carpet Ride. What in the world? You can do magic. No some way. call it magic, and do you believe in magic? Holy uh, so cow. maybe we should have just covered that album for Magic hey, Month. We should have just done the Wizards of Waverly Place guess, album. Yeah. Coming coming next October that's to the right. Great Song Podcast, the Wizards of Waverly we'll Place. We'll be hanging out with Selena Gomez. That's right. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, and also, wasn't this the song that got used for Ryan Fitzpatrick's yes. big comeback? Yeah, we talked about so, that. I think it was. I think we talked about that with him. We did. That's right. For, yes, for Fitz Magic, right? I think so. Um, yeah. So... Buffalo, Buffalo Bills being relevant well, again. Yeah, he was a dolphin at oh, the, I'm so ta- sorry. At the yeah. time of that. That's so, right. And they're using OOO Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic, yeah. yeah. So there we go. All right. Now, now using a diabetes commercial. Okay, that's right. For o- Ozempic. O- Ozempic, yes. That's right. 
<laughs> well, cool. I'm glad they're getting paid for it. You know, that's, that's right. all. Good, good for them. All right. That's going to wrap it up for our coverage. We're going to kick it over to David Payton, and we'll be back to tuck you in at the end. But first, make sure you're following us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Great Song Pod. You can join the Facebook group, Great Songs, and the great people who love them greatly, or just go to facebook.com slash groups slash Great Song Pod. You can find us there. Um, and actually, now you can listen to the podcast on Facebook. You can literally, like, there's a podcast tab on the on the Great Song Podcast page. You could just click it and listen to episodes right there. You never even have to leave Facebook um, if that is something you would like to do. While you're playing Farmville, you can be <laughs> listening, to the, listening to the Great Song Podcast. If you want to go a step further and help us produce the show, be a part of help, helping to make the show happen, you can go to patreon.com slash greatsongpod. And uh, if you decide to support us there, we can say thank you by giving you stuff like bonus shows, extended interviews, early release, and behind-the-scenes stuff and more. So we're going to kick it now to our interview with David Payton. Hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we'll be back to tuck you in at the end. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with David Payton, uh, lead singer, bassist, uh, music extraordinaire uh, <laughs> from the band Pilot and the song Magic, and uh, still going strong today. We'll talk more about uh, his latest project here in just a little bit. But David, thank you so much for joining us today on the Great Song Podcast. It's great to be with you, and thanks for that introduction. <laughs> I'm flattered. <laughs> well, we do our best. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to kick it off with the with the first question. We are, as we mentioned, talking about Magic, uh, which was Pilot's hit in the 70s. Tell us a little bit, uh, me and Rob, and a large majority of our listenership is here in the United States. Um, tell us a little bit about the music scene in Scotland in the 70s. Um, what, was, what was that like uh, as a musician? in Scotland in the 70s when uh, when Pilot and Magic was uh, was blowing up uh yeah well it was it was a busy time for me um just before Pilot happened I was gigging six nights a week there were plenty of clubs in Scotland especially in Edinburgh and and bands well Pilot weren't a gigging band initially we were a studio band but before then I was with a couple of bands and there was no lack of work. And we could be doing two and three gigs a night sometimes. Wow. So it was certainly very busy. And, you know, most of the bands just played what was in the charts. Um, there wasn't a lot of original bands playing original music. And it's still the same today, I think. Um, you know, club bands and whatnot you play the music that people want are familiar with and want to hear. So it was like that. And yeah, I must say there was no uh, there was no alcohol in these days. The clubs oh, wow. had a cafe that you'd go to and you'd get coffee or Coca Cola or stuff. So no people alcohol. were actually that was quite refreshing. I must say people were actually listening to the music then versus uh, just coming there to get uh, hammered. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, you mentioned a couple of the other bands that you were playing with. I heard an interview that you did back on uh, December of 2020 with uh, Reverend Derek Moody. It was a great interview. But you talked about how you were the Beachcombers and then became the Boots. I love that story. Tell kind of the story on how your first band. Uh, did did the name change and how that that came about? Uh, yeah, well, the the the, the Beachcombers were a well known band um, in the mid sixties. Then that's when I left my school at sixteen years old and I joined the Beachcombers. That that was great. Uh, and they again, they were a busy band and they wanted to progress further. And the thing to do in the UK then and probably even now is to travel to London. 
and try and get interest from record companies at that time. We we did that. We saw that CBS Records were holding additions in a club called the Marquee Club, which was a huge club in London. And bands like The Who and The Nice and Emerson, Lake and Palmer, bands like that would play in this club and they were holding additions there looking for new talent. So the Beachcombers travelled all the way down from Scotland, from Edinburgh, to do this edition. We did arrive a little bit late, but they, they offered to, to listen to us anyway because we travelled such a long distance, 400 miles or so. Wow. Um, we, we passed the edition. We got the deal with CBS Records, and we also had a residency at the Marquee Club every every two weeks. So that that was a bonus to, to get that as well. And we moved down to London and we recorded a couple of songs with CBS, but we were known as the Beachcombers, but we had to change our name because there was another band registered as the Beachcombers. And we chose the name Boots. So our records came out under the name of Boots. Uh, and that's basically the story. You know, we we, we were successful for uh, a year. We had lots of gigs in London, but eventually we moved back to Edinburgh and the band split up and I joined the Bay City Rollers. <laughs> Pilot starts happening, magic takes off, um, and all of a sudden you've got a, a, a top five record in the States. And and obviously all over Europe, it's, you know, it's, it's big, um, but you end up with a top five record here in the States. Uh, what did that mean to you at the time, uh, you know, and, and to the band? Um, and what has the endurance of that, you know, meant to you now, some sort of 45 years and change after its initial release? The fact that it, it's still, you know, somebody's, I mean, we're still hearing that song every day here on the States in the radio. Um, you know, what, is, what does that mean for you? And what did it mean for you then to have a top five record in the States? It was always a big ambition of bands. Right, going right back to the Beatles, it was an ambition for bands to break the states. That was a real big deal. And for Magic to reach the top five in the states and only number 11 in the UK, well, you know, that was a huge deal. Uh, I, I mean, it was a hit all over the world, but the states was the market everybody wanted to get into. So for me, as a songwriter, that was just wow. That was a big, big, big wow. Um, and the fact and, that you guys didn't even tour in the United States, like y'all never even toured the U.S. as pilot, correct? We never toured anywhere except the U.K. We did two tours in the U.K. The first tour we did, we supported a band called Sparks. I don't know if you're familiar with Sparks. No, I don't. This band big enough for the both of us was their big hit. And um, and and the second tour we did, we were headlining with a, a band supporting us. They were known as Smokey. Um, so there was only the two tours, and that was really down to bad management. Um, we picked the wrong managers, mm. and you know we could have done a lot better if we uh, if we hadn't jumped into that management contract. Oh, that's that's, that's part of the apprenticeship for bands, no? You know, <laughs> you learn from situations like that. Yeah, that's a real that's a real letdown though. It, you know, to you you 
can get easily stuck thinking about what you know what could have happened and and you know that kind of thing and it can be very discouraging. So it is good to know that you're still uh, going strong and doing new things. Um, and uh, you know uh, we want to talk a little bit also about <clears throat> you're not just a great writer and not just a great vocalist, but you're also a great bass player. Um, and it's and it's evident in your work not only with Pilot but um, in your solo work and, and, you know, the other things that you've done as well. Um, who are your sort of bass player inspirations? Who are the ones that got you into the bass? Chris Squire, believe it or not, from Yes. That's okay. good. Yeah. He big, yeah, he was a big influence. Um, and, you know, I even bought the Rickenbacker bass because of Chris Squire, his playing so much. I loved Yes. I loved oh. Genesis. I loved progressive music in my early days. Uh, and also I listened to a band called Free, Quite a lot. Andy yeah. Fraser was a bass player with Free. Uh, he played a Gibson yeah, OB bass. And, and, and you know, I, I learned from both of these people. And it's the same with my writing. You know, you learn from your the people that you admire. And it's not obvious, maybe in my songwriting, maybe it is that I was a huge Beatles fan. But I don't think it's obvious in my bass player, bass playing that I was an Andy Fraser fan or... Chris Squire, you know, it just it comes into me and then it goes out <laughs> in the way that I interpret it. So how do you how do you work the the balance between being a you know a monster bass player like you and like you said with um, progressive tendencies uh, musically? How do you strike the balance between um, you know writing a an accessible pop song? But also satisfying yourself musically, where you know you listen back and you go, I, you know, I like what I did there. I feel like I represented myself well. Yeah, I think melody has always been a, a, a major thing with me. Uh, although I liked progressive rock, I, I write, I liked Genesis, but you know, I could hear melody and and their songs. Peter Gabriel carried that on to a large extent. So I was I was always aware of the melody, but also aware of the musical structure of the song, a little bit complicated. And, you know, when you listen to songs that I've written, like Magic, you think, oh, it's a simple pop song. Well, it sounds like a simple pop song <laughs> until you sit down with a guitar and try and work out how to play the thing. Right. <laughs> you know, so um, I did write songs that are instantly recognisable, but there's a little bit of musicianship involved in putting a song like that together. I'll tell our listeners that if they haven't seen your YouTube video of you speak, you mentioned a Rickenbacker bass earlier. You're actually playing a Rickenbacker guitar when you explain the chords of Magic. It's fantastic, and I you, you'll be surprised that I'm sure there's a lot of people that do miss the the C sharp minor seven half dimin the flat five the half diminished chord that you put in there. So thank you so much for explaining that um, in depth. That's wonderful. <laughs> Are you a guitar player yourself? Oh uh, yeah, we, me and Rob both play, so we're we're okay. So yeah, all right, so you you can play Magic then. Yes. Oh yes, yes. We do our best. We we, we, we can get through it. No, <laughs> we, we can we can stumble through it. So thank you. It's, it's always good for us to talk to people who we know, uh, to, to whom we know that chords are important. You know, uh, somebody that loves to talk shop about uh, music theory and chords and spellings and voicings and all that. We, yeah, we yeah just Rob's, love that. Rob's the theory guy on our show. And the reason we tied that back in is also because, you know, you mentioned the melody is strong, but a lot of the stuff that might get missed in pilot stuff is the guts underneath it, like the chord work. It's so, it's so well done. So yeah. thank you for providing that. Yeah. 
Oh, that was a pleasure. And, you know, I, I also listen to people like uh, Antonio Carlos Jobim, and he can write a simple melody. In fact, he wrote a song called The One Note Samba, where he just sings the one note, do, 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 you know, and then you listen to the chords that are going on underneath. They're, they're descending by semitones at a time, yet he keeps that single note going throughout the verse. It's just genius to do something like that. Brilliant. And, and keeping up with kind of the, the tutorials that you provide, um, I mentioned before we started this that I watched all your, your makings of the 2020 uh, albums and everything, uh, that, or of the 2020 album that's out. For our listeners, I'll tell you, make sure you pick up a copy of his latest project. It's 2020. Um, the, uh, that double bass intro, uh, intro in, uh, Ver el Mundo Pasar, which, uh, I was like, oh good, this is going to be a Spanish song. My wife's going to love it. My wife's Mexican. So it's going to be like, she's going to love this song. It's not, but the double bass <laughs> intro is so money. Um, but my favorite track is definitely straight to the heart, but you tried to fool us because that's an oldie from 92, right? I've had that song on my radar, I think before you did that one before, correct? I did. I you know, sometimes I go through prolific stages with my songwriting and, and I throw out a lot of songs and record a lot of songs and Straight to the Heart was just one of them that came out just after I'd written an album and I thought, I'll use that on my next album. But for some reason, I just forgot about it and it wasn't until, you know, I, I was doing 2020 that I was looking through my archives and my computer that song and I thought yeah that's that's a song I should put on this album it, it, this album 2020 I thought I, I want people to hear the variety in the music that I write it's not all just magic poppy poppy oh. songs although I must say straight to the heart is is pretty much in that same recognizable pilot style oh yeah and it's it's brilliant decision did kevin wilkinson play drums on that from squeeze we're big squeeze paul carrick guys we had paul carrick on a few uh, in the past <laughs> yeah, was that kevin wilkinson sadly, kevin's no longer with us but um yeah he was he was working with a band with me at the time we were with a, a guy called fish who was a <laughs> singer with marillion we were in the band with uh together me and kevin that's awesome that's awesome uh and then one other thing on the new project and then we'll bounce on but face to face that's a great story about how you met your wife i'll tell our listeners make sure they when they're watching the videos take time to hear the story about how that song was written also another great bass line and then i know you're playing a les paul through a helix how do you like your helix we're geared people do you, are you a fan of the helix the helix rack mount? yeah I love, the, I love the helix yeah a friend of mine recommended it to me so I also I also have the Helix Native, which is the plug-in version as well, uh, and that's that's great just for ease of use for for quick work. I love the variety. I love the stereo effects. I love how it makes my Gibson sound. It's just great. I love it. Yeah, me and Robert both Line uh, Six guys. So maybe yeah, I, know, I know that Yamaha have now taken over yeah. uh, Line Six, mm-hmm. that, and I think they've done a great job. Yeah. Um, so. Magic has been used in, you know, everything. I mean, to the point where, you know, Selena Gomez has a cover. I mean, everybody knows magic. Everybody has, everybody can sing it to you. Um, what, what, but I want to know of all the places that you've heard magic or, or something else of yours, what is the oddest place that you have ever heard your own music? (laughs) Well, you know, the, the oddest thing is when people, send me in 
a video of themselves singing it and they think they're doing a great job. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and I try to be kind. And I, I try to say, you know, yeah, that's not bad. There's just a couple of things, you know, when actual fact, you know, you think, oh, my God. And one guy sitting with an acoustic guitar trying to sing and, it, and he didn't have a voice. I had all the wrong chords. Uh, that, for me, that's why I put the video up and say, look, <laughs> one cool magic plate like this. You get really good at the fake compliments. Like, right. hey, I like your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. Well, it, uh, it, you know, it's got a little bit more relevance here lately as the Dolphins have started using that uh, with their their quarterback's name is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know if you've heard their version of, oh, it's Fitzmagic. Have you heard it yet? They've done uh, Fitzmagic. I- You'll have to check it out. I haven't heard it, but I'm honored with that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all over in pop culture. I mean, the AT&T commercials, uh, everybody's favorite golf movie, Happy Gilmore. Have you seen Happy, oh, yeah. have you seen Happy <laughs> yeah, Gilmore? Yeah, I've seen that. That's great. That's really good. And the, and the Herbie movie, I saw that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Great soundtrack on Happy Gilmore, by the way. So you're <laughs> surrounded by Tuesday's Gone and Endless Love, even Jump Around. The uh, Okay, there's a part of these interviews that we do where we just kind of rapid fire things that we really like about the artist. So this is my po- this is going to be my portion where I gush over things that you've done as David Payton and as of pilot um, as we as we've done our research and whatnot. Your upper register is out of this world. Yeah. Uh, the first track on this album, Just a Smile, uh, it's it's crazy. Like your upper register is so strong. I actually watched a, a video um, with you guys doing it where you're interviewed by Sir Cliff Richard. The, the, I don't know if you've seen the video. It's a live show. And there's that's the one with the bubbles everywhere and Stuart Tosh is wearing that amazing flag-looking shirt with stars and stripes. And the closer I look, you guys are all wearing these, like, start-up shirts. So who is in charge of your wardrobe? Because that was a swing and a miss. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, initially, pilot logo emblazoned across our jerseys. But, um, you know, eventually we just chose our own okay. stuff. And, well, s- sorry, David, you know, I didn't mean to crack we're on We in your... the then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, heard it all before off the second album, Flight. Um, so good. Ian's playing the double the double neck guitar. Love that. Okay, and then I want to translate that into, I saw you lately, I saw a show that you did uh, live in Japan in 2016. Looks like you're playing like a Fender P bass. And I typically, I noticed that you typically even hold a pick even when you aren't playing with a pick but the majority of the time you do play with a pick when you play bass that's kind of question one this is kind of a two-part question but i saw you play just a smile on acoustic guitar and you don't use a pick at all um, which is weird for me or different for me that a bass player that predominantly plays with a pick but then plays acoustic (laughs) guitar with no pick how does that come about or like what what's that yeah well when when i was 11 years old I was uh, in ho- on holiday with my folks in Spain, and they ran the bulls through the street, and the bulls ran through the street, and I jumped on a windowsill to get out of the way, <laughs> and I could hear music playing from this this house that had sat on a windowsill, and there was a young guy playing a Spanish guitar. He was probably the same age as me. And I said to my folks, I want a guitar like that, a Spanish guitar. So I came back from Spain with a Spanish guitar. Now, <laughs> you'll know that you don't play Spanish guitar with a pick. So, <laughs> sure. Yeah. So when I was playing um, on that show, I was playing a Spanish guitar. And I did actually take it quite far 
with my um, reading uh, classical music, and I, I love playing Bach on a on a classical guitar. Uh, so you know that's the reason I was using my fingers because um, that's, that's quite quite an influence on me. You know, that kind that's of music. Cool. I, yeah, that's I didn't cool. know that. That's awesome. You made it farther than I did. I, I majored in guitar in college, uh, not knowing that I could only study classical music and that there was no pop music involved. And uh, I it quit. I took, yeah, I quit. I didn't make it. All right. Well, I didn't study. I didn't study. The only thing I did was I, I went to the library. I'm self-taught. I self-taught myself to to read. Um, well, you know, we got the basics at school. But then I, I wanted to take it further because I listened to Segovia and I thought, and my ear is good, but it's not that good. That I could, <laughs> you know, interpret that in my own way. And the only way to play music like that was to learn how to read it. So I, I was, I do have an obsessive nature which works for me a, a lot of the time. Sometimes it works against me, but I can obsess about things. And I suppose that's how I um, crafted my art and songwriting was just being obsessed with it. Well, I was the same with a classical guitar. I just it became an obsession. Well, there you go, kids. Don't be like me. Be like David. <laughs> Stick with it until you get it. That's right. I heard, uh, you know, it's kind of fun for us to get to talk with one of our musical heroes and influences. I heard an interview you did on uh, Radio Borders in 2012, and you mentioned getting to meet Brian Wilson and what uh, a neat moment that was for you. Tell our listeners what it was like to get to meet Brian Wilson. Um, Yeah, well, I I knew a couple of the members in his band, and they invited me along to a show when they came to Scotland. And after the show, I met with the guys, and um, Proben Gregory is one of the guys I know. And he said, come back, meet meet Brian. He said, he knows your song. He sings it a lot. So I went back to his dressing room, and Brian was sitting there tucking into some pasta. And, and Proben said, hi, Brian, this is uh, David Payton. He's the guy that wrote my and, and Brian looked at me, and he shook my hand, and he said, I wish I'd written that song. That is <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's well. so good. <laughs> I wish I'd written that song. Well, I sat down beside him and I said, can I have a photograph with you? He said, yeah. And he kept staring at me. And the guy was ready to take the photo, but he was looking at me. And he he said, as he was looking at me, never believe it's not so. That's awesome. That's so cool. That is, wow. That's that's the greatest. Um, Okay, so we we were going to do an episode uh, eventually in the future. We plan on doing one on Eye in the Sky and Sirius uh, with Alan Parsons Project. We're... uh, but we decided just to dedicate this to all pilot stuff. But I'd be remiss if I didn't give you a second to at least talk a little bit about your time with Alan Parsons um, and playing on that iconic track. Um, so tell us anything you want to tell us about time with Alan Parsons or Eye in the Sky. Anything at all. Okay. Uh, well, Alan Parsons produced the pilot. That's how I got to know him. And um, Eric Wilson, who wrote all the songs for Alan, he wrote I in the Sky. And I remember when we were recording the song, Alan was not convinced that this song was the right kind of song for the album. And Eric said to him, I guarantee you this song will be a hit. And they put on a wager as to whether the song would be a hit or That's not. That's cool. Wow. That's awesome. Not only was it a hit, it was a number one, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's it a smash. <laughs> Yeah, so Alan had to pay out. Oh, another time we were recording, you'll remember the Tales of Mystery and Imagination, the first album. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Eric and I were sent out the back of Abbey Road. There was a thunderstorm going on, and we wanted to capture this for the first album. Um, it, it is featured on the first album. And we had an umbrella, and we had a thing called an Android head, which had a, a microphone in each ear. It's supposed to uh, uh, mimic what, you, what we hear. Um, so we were sitting outside, and suddenly this tremendous clap of thunder happened. And I looked at Eric, and he looked at me, <laughs> and then both of us just got the giggles, and we couldn't stop laughing, and we ruined the take completely. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, Alan was not a happy man. <laughs> However, <laughs> we did capture another couple of. Uh, I think I think Eric and I were relieved of duty, and somebody else <laughs> took over. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, we got just one or two other questions for you, real quick, David. Then we'll let you enjoy your day. Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Hope you've had a great time. Um, we'll t- oh yeah, great talking to you guys. Yeah, the, uh, you're live and you're bubbly. It's great. Oh, <laughs> good. good. That's, yeah, that's what we should. That's for. what we bring. We try try to bring the energy and not just be your uh, your average uh, run of the mill interview. I, I know you've done a bunch of them before. The uh, on I do want to get some clarity on the name pilot. How y'all came up with it? It's basically just Peyton Lyle and Tosh, right? And then y'all just added. It into make how did it come up? I mean, it makes sense. PLT. Ah, uh, yeah. That the name was suggested to. We were desperate for a name because we had signed to EMI and we didn't even have a name for the band. Um, and it was one of the manager's secretaries that came up with the name Pilot, and she had just written down our surnames PLT, and I think she just saw the name Pilot there. With these initials in that order, that's that cool. simple. Good, jo- good job, secretary. Yeah, that's a, a nice bit of fortune. <laughs> well, one last question that we'd ask everybody, and then we'll let you uh, we'll let you have have a second, and then we'll we'll cut out of here. So you're on tour either with well, I guess not on tour with Pilot because they didn't really tour. You're on tour with either Alan Park. You're on tour as David Payton. Yeah, you <laughs> you're on the road, and you go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of it, I'll tell you mine, just so you can can be thinking on it. Um, when I was growing up, my mom would say. You could have any anything you want, any candy bar you want. So I would get a Three Musketeers bar. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's the most ounces of any candy bar here in the States if you get one. What is your gas station snack food of choice? <laughs> oh, it'd have to be um, an ice lolly of some sort. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. We don't know what an ice lolly is, <laughs> so this is wonderful. Help <laughs> us with this. We love it when we get uh, people outside the States that tell us their snacks. We learned about a walnut whip which we didn't know, and just some, some different things. Tell us what an ice lolly is. An ice lolly, you'll have a different name for it, but it'll be the same thing. It's um, it's a piece of ice cream on a stick, and it's usually coated. It could be coated with chocolate um, or, oh, okay. or some kind of s- strawberry flavor, raspberry okay. flavor. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that would be like, a, I think, maybe a drumstick, we would call it here in the okay, States. Okay, okay. Like I'm that. trying yeah. to picture what that would be. Yeah, here. It's not like yeah. a popsicle top ice thing right it's like actual ice cream with coating on top of it it's yes it's ice cream with a coating on top. Okay. exactly okay. on a stick okay, yeah. okay. Or like a good humor pop there we go yeah, yeah. now okay. we're talking there okay we thanks we had to put it in uh in state's terms <laughs> yeah. in layman's terms for us over here that's awesome well david <laughs> thank you so much if uh if you want to tell the listeners about yeah what 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 can the listeners expect from you uh either either currently obviously we've talked about your latest album 2020 is there anything that you've got coming down the pike that would be maybe later this year or or even in the future that you want to tell our uh, folks about 
Yeah, I've I've been working with a Japanese band called Sheep. The okay. Japanese come up with some strange names for bands, but <laughs> Sheep seems to be the name that they're happy with. And I've written half the songs on the album. I've sung all the songs on the album. Wow. We're, we're, we're hoping that's going to be out within the next three or four months. Okay. okay. I, I, this will be my third album with them. I did two albums with them in the past, and they were known as Beagle Hat. There you go. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> see, amusing names. I do think that, I do think they come up with some strange name. Even the album titles. Well, we did an album. We did an album together, and, and we, we were struggling for a name for it. And we have a hat here in Scotland. It's a tartan hat, and it has false ginger hair at the sides. We call it a "See You Jimmy" hat. See you, Jimmy. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I sent that to um, one of the guys in the band to Japan, and he sent me back a photograph of his son, who was two years old, wearing the See You, Jimmy hat. Ah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and I said to him, it's a magical hat. And that became the name of the album, Magical, <laughs> Magical Hat. Hat. Magical Hat. That's great. Well, yeah, we'll make sure uh, by the time this releases, uh, Sheep should be out in the world. Yeah. So we'll make sure to tell our listeners to pick up a copy of that. Yeah. And, uh, great. Appreciate that. David, thank you again so much. It's been, been so much fun. fun. So much fun. Such a legend. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, yeah. we'll see you in the future for sure. A pleasure talking to you guys. Cheers. Right. Thanks. Right. Thank you so much. Cheers. This is the Great Song Podcast. And that was David Payton of Pilot. Um, we should have asked him if he's ever taken flying lessons. That would have been a good we, It would have been good to know if yeah. he was had ever considered just being an actual pilot. I don't know. If you could, would you ever consider? Not like, at all. Are you? I have zero. I don't mind to fly. Okay. I love to fly. I'm okay with it. But, but I don't want to be it. in charge okay. of all that. I don't even like sitting in the exit row. Okay. Like, I don't like, my family's like, get the exit row, you get the leg room. I'm like, I don't want that pressure of opening the door. There's a lot at stake here. I don't have to open a door in space. That's right. Come on. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'll sit the row behind the exit row. There you go. So I'm close to getting out, yeah. but I don't have if to I hold want the exit door. row. I'll just get first class. Forget that. I don't want this. <laughs> I don't need this. All right. We hope you guys have enjoyed Magic Month. We hope you've enjoyed all the magic that has gone on, including Magic by Pilot. And uh, we'll see you next month. We don't have a theme next month. We don't have to do that. We're not owned by you. We'll do whatever we want. We do you know? have a good special guest coming up, though. Absolutely, we do. Oh, man. We're not going to tell you who it is. You'll have to tune in next week to find out. But we'll be back next week with another great song, as always. Until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music.